Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane and over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. If you happen to want to see pictures of the Christmas tree I put up today with my wife and my daughter, that was a lot of fun. Joining me, Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA over on the Twitter machine. Keith, do you guys have your tree up yet? We do not. I think uh, that's going to be probably all the Christmas stuff is going to come out of storage tomorrow uh, on Wednesday. And then we're going to, I think, get the outside lights put up tomorrow. Uh, So that's our annual fight that might as well be scheduled. Um, uh, My wife is highly, highly organized about the Christmas lights and I'm a little more. Yeah, that (laughs) looks pretty good. Uh, But the tree then it'll probably come in and go up. We have to do some puppy proofing first because we don't need him messing around with the tree and and all that stuff so we get a little bit of work to do first where it goes and then uh but yeah but yeah soon soon very soon we're we're, we're getting there hey i promise you too today you have my full attention <laughs> for the entirety of this show so a couple of people caught my distractedness and uh what i took away from that is thank you That's for watching right. the whole That's video because right. that happened towards the end so and, i really appreciate and i got that. called out for not wearing green so i'm wearing my green shirt i'm paying <laughs> off the bet that we made that if the celtics beat the lakers i would wear green just like you were gonna wear purple if the lakers had won that game i wore green on the lakers nation post game show but i should have realized that i needed to do it right here as well on the nba front office channel so here we are um we do have a lot of nba news to get into although keith i do have to mention you talked about puppy proofing my big heart-stopping event of the day, I looked into my backyard and saw our six-month-old puppy, who's 70 pounds because he's a Bernese mountain dog, running across the yard with our neighbor's chicken in his mouth. That oh. was not great. I had to chase him down. I was able to save the chicken, fortunately. But right, that, was, well that was a terrifying moment, particularly for a five-year-old. I covered her eyes really quickly, and yes, not Yeah, not really. Great. Not great. I uh, see. I, if you were here in Florida, you would have went with had a snake yes. cornered or yep. something like that. We've had gator. that a couple times. Uh, possums, yeah, no gators, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, we've got a, a fence that I don't think they would have a lot of interest in climbing. But our our neighbors on either side of us and behind us have pools, so they tend to have a lot of snakes like to get in the pools, and then they they make their way into the yards and and yeah, and then the dogs like to to find them. So yeah, we need to watch him. We have um. We have eagles here um, in, in Florida now, uh, bald eagles, um, which are beautiful. And they, they migrate down here, I guess, uh, during the colder months and they um, up north and they are they, they will pick up anything that's kind of small. So we still have to kind of keep an eye on him because he's still still a little guy. He's, he's getting bigger, but but he's still uh, he, he's he's eagle sizes. I think that they could. Uh, scoop so you, you got to keep so, so we have to keep him. Alex Caruso away from your puppy is what you're telling me. The, the bald eagle. <laughs> um, we do need to get in some NBA news. A lot of things going on around the world of professional basketball. And I guess the first thing, LaMarcus Aldridge having some trouble with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, the Nets have not been the powerhouse team quite that we thought they were going to be. Part of that might be Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. But Kyrie, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge also admits that it's been a tough time for him. He said about coming off the bench, it's been very difficult. You've been one type of player or a certain type of player your whole career. It's definitely different coming off the bench and not playing much. So it's been difficult. I'm still trying to figure it out and navigate and find my spots. I'm just trying to find my ways to try and help out. I think that's a very honest uh, take from LaMarcus Aldridge. And it's a reminder of how difficult it really can be when we ask guys who were stars to transition into being role players. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't. Some people took this news as Lamarcus Aldridge was complaining, saying he's not happy with his role. I think it was just he was being extremely candid about, hey, this is this is hard. I've been nothing but a starter. Uh, Basically, he's. He became a starter about midway through his rookie season with the Trailblazers and then was a starter all the way up until the Spurs basically said, you're not really part of our plans. And then they brought him off the bench for three games, then shut him down. And then he was waived in the five games he played with the Nets last year uh, before the discovery of his heart issue. He started all five of those games as well uh, for Brooklyn. So now his play has not shown that it's been difficult shooting a career high 57.7% from the field. He's uh, at 39% from three. It's only one and a half attempts per game, but still, you know, that's still Mm -hmm. pretty good. And uh, he's third on the team in scoring at 13.4 points per game in only 21.4 minutes, Uh, 5.8 rebounds. He's never been like the dominant rebounder that I think people think of uh, there, but yeah, in 1.2 blocks per night, that's, really good for him. Uh, my guess is because Blake Griffin has kind of struggled some, we could see a change come here, uh, at least until Nick Claxton is back. Claxton hopefully gets back and then he'll probably reclaim that starting uh, spot, or at least maybe we'll reclaim it. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Aldridge can, but all this tells me is, man, Marcus Aldridge still has a lot left in oh, the yeah. tank uh, to be playing this and- well. At age 36. And so happy to see him back out there when we thought his career was over because of the heart issue. You know, I mean, that's, Absolutely. you never want to see that where yep. a guy, you know, like we all get older, we all get to a point where we can't play the game anymore. That's just, that's, that's human nature. But you hate to see a guy's career get cut short because of something like that. I mean, we talk about Chris Bosch, a number of other players who have been in that type of situation. Yep. It's just great to see him be able to get back out on the floor and do his thing. And, and you know what? Again, it's not easy to go from being a starter, from being the guy, to coming off the bench and no longer being that guy. Although, like you mentioned, he's playing really well. I do wonder, can the Nets really make that change right now? Like the optics on it, if they were to say tonight, suddenly Aldridge is the starter, wouldn't it come across as like, oh, because he was complaining, that's why they did it? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I would hope on a veteran team, everybody would get it and be like, all right, hey, it's just just about winning there. You could maybe do it as far as, hey, we're going to give Blake a night off. And then if Aldridge gets the start and plays well, you can kind of run with it of, hey, we're just going to try this for a while. But, I mean, I don't know... If I was the Nets, I'd be more reluctant to make a change. They're 13 and five, best record in the East. I think that is the, yeah, that's the third best record in the NBA behind the Warriors and Suns. So I don't know that I'd be looking to make any kind of change right now just because you're, you're playing really well. I would, you know, just kind of leave it there. And, and, and again, it just to make sure we're being very clear about this. It did not come off at all like Aldridge was complaining. Right. He was just being very candid about, yeah, this is different for me, and it's been been a little hard. It's uh, you know, I'm very curious to see just to to so, so I can make it Celtics related here mm-hmm. for a second. The Celtics play the Nets uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night on Thanksgiving Eve, uh, and that's a pretty good test for the Celtics. They've won three in a row. They're playing pretty good basketball right now. Um, they're going to get the Nets. Uh, we'll see. That, that's a good um, opportunity to gauge how far has Boston come or was it uh, a win over a Lakers team that was working LeBron back in and then two bad teams in the Thunder and and Rockets. So my, my, my thing that I've counted on that is a lot of people are going, Oh, they beat, you know, the Lakers right now are an average team. And then they beat two bad teams. Like how much do we want to make of this? And my counter to it is, 
they stomped all yep. three of those teams. Like it wasn't close. I mean, the Thunder game ended up close at the end, but that was just because they pressed and did a whole bunch of weird stuff. And Ime Adoka probably emptied the bench a little too early. But that that's my thing is you can only play the teams in front of you. And when you beat them badly, all right, th- that's a thing. So, but that was that was just an aside there because the Celtics and Nets play uh, yeah, tomorrow. So it night. should be a good test for them, and we'll get a better sense of where the Celtics are really at. Of course, it's still early in the season, but uh, get an idea of what things are looking like there. The Kings, on the other hand, <laughs> not, sure. not looking so <laughs> not good. In fact, Luke Walton, we talked about this the other day. Luke Walton was fired by the team, and Alvin Gentry took over. Did not change anything. They lost to a 76ers team playing mostly backup players. And Tristan Thompson had some choice words for the team afterwards. Uh, and Tristan Thompson has already said some things about the Kings, the organization, all that kind of stuff. So maybe not a surprise that he's the one to to have some comments again, but uh, I don't know when this nosedive is going to end, when they're going to be able to pull up out of this if you're the Sacramento Kings. I mean, you just got rid of the coach. Usually when the coach gets fired, you get this like two to three game, I don't know, maybe honeymoon yep, period that counts. we want to call where mm-hmm. everybody is super locked in and they go through this little spurt. And sometimes that gets extended like we saw with the Atlanta Hawks last season. Um, but in this case, the Kings, they just kept right on losing. Yeah, it's it's so this is just to give a sense of where this is at right now. They're six and twelve on the season. They've lost four in a row. They're two and eight in their last ten games after starting the year four and four. So it really has not been very good that they're they've been very bad at home, uh, two and seven at home. They're four and five on the road. Uh, just not not playing well at all. The defense isn't very good. The offense has been okay-ish. Uh, Elvin Gentry, you know, let's give him time, right, to kind of come in. But he did say he didn't think it was schematic things. Uh, maybe he's just being kind and generous to Luke Walton. Uh, there, not trying to trash him on his way out. Just the way the players have played. So that that is uh you know. Uh, worrisome because if it was schematic of we got to play faster so i'm gonna have us push we're gonna play smaller we're gonna do this we're gonna do that those could be things that could be a fix really energize the team and go but just saying like we don't play very well that's that's tough and and to illustrate the point you made the sixers playing sixers started five backups and then the four guys who played off the bench only one is really a rotation player so they started five backups and then played three non-rotation players. Yeah, in that game, did not none of their five starters from opening were available. They're all either out with injuries or illness uh, right now. And they just went in and, and really took a game away from them. Andre Drummond continues to play well. Twenty-three rebounds last and I night didn't for Andre start Drummond. Killing um, me. Killing me. <laughs> I, I don't I didn't even know you owned him in fantasy. I I, I, right. picked I mean him I guess up as sense. a streamer and then I waved him and picked up somebody else and I'm like I should have just stuck with drugs. Ah. But no. Yeah, you definitely should have. Yeah. Tyrese Max, he was just while we're talking uh Philly yes, really coming into his own also uh, in his second year, really figuring some things out. Um yeah, play, playing pretty well. So I uh you know, um nice uh player there for for Philly for sure. And um yeah, so we you know where this goes for Sacramento, but Tristan Thompson basically saying too, there was a play Rashawn Holmes got hit in the face in this game and went down. And Thompson wasn't advocating for uh any uh <laughs> let's go crazy and start uh nonsense like we saw yes. in the Pistons oh Lakers goodness. game. But what he was saying is 
we have to give a hard foul back. We have to set a hard screen on somebody. If you're going to let your guys get beat up, and he basically said, we can't be so nice. You have to be, you know, tougher when you're, when you're out there with that. So, um, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, for Sacramento, but I can't imagine it's going anywhere. Um, so Mark Cuban, and we didn't put this in our show notes for this one, but this is a story that, um, that I wanted to address. Mark Cuban said the Mavs are not going to trade Kristaps Porzingis. Speaking of a, of a, you know, big man here. Oh, yeah. I didn't so even Tristan, see this. You know, the Tristan Thompson thing, obviously, that's that's important about the Kings and, and all of that. But uh, Mark Cuban was asked about Kristaps Porzingis and whether or not the Mavs tried to trade him. He said no. Uh, he essentially, and I'm paraphrasing here, he essentially said when you trade a superstar, you tend to not win that trade. So he still sees Porzingis in that light, even though he hasn't been playing that great he's picked it up in the last few games but um over his Mavs tenure he has not sure. quite been what they expected but it sounds like you know Mark Cuban is saying no that's not something we're going to do we're not going to trade this guy yeah I, I mean it's tough right because you can't come right out and say we are going to trade him because then that that's not a good look certainly <laughs> that that doesn't uh you know feel very good um but yeah so I guess you know that's not the worst thing, but you're right. I mean, this is what he's done since coming back from injury. Um, he is, let me, let me, let me do this a smart way. I was going to try to do math. Am I flying? I'm like, basketball reference will do well, it for me. Let me just let you, them do while it. While you're doing that, Porzingis himself sure. said, I think we can be one of the best duos in the league. I truly believe that talking about, about Luca. So we have that, that quote, um, Mark Cuban's direct quote. This is uh, from Mark Medina of NBA.com. Uh, said, that's not true of a Porzingis trade. Why would I do that at all? Trades like that, you always end up further behind when you trade a superstar. Uh, you never get the best of it. And he said that Porzingis is playing at an all-star level. This is the unicorn, and he's doing more and more unicorn things. Yeah, so to back that up, in the eight games since he came back from injury, remember he was out. Uh, he played the first three games and missed uh, a couple weeks with an injury. Then he then he came back. In those eight games, 23.1 points, 9.1 rebounds, 1.4 blocks, 2.5 assists, which is actually mm-hmm. encouraging because he does he's not a very big uh, ball mover guy. Um, but 50% from the field, 37.5% from three, 91% from the free throw line on four and a half attempts a night. That. So that's that's all-star level play, I guess. I mean, that you, you can't really argue that. So I'm uh, I'm there with uh, Mark Cuban on that one. Um, let's see. They need Luca back. Um, there was a little bit of news from uh, Callie Kaplan of the, I want to say the Dallas Morning News or the Dallas News. or She's a Dallas beat, Dallas Mavericks beat reporter um, that he was doing some five-on-five. They came in, caught the end of uh, of that practice um, with him doing five, then let out a yell and went to the bench uh, holding his left knee once oh. again. So uh, unclear exactly what, what was going on. I think he is questionable for tonight's game against the Clippers. But, yeah, I, I guess that's fair to say. Um, uh, that uh, Porzingis is playing well, and and I wouldn't trade him if he's playing this yeah, well either. Yeah, absolutely. Nor do I think that he, I think he's right. You're not going to get the return that you want at this point if you if you try to trade. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Hey, I'm going to give you one that wasn't in the show cool. rundown. Uh, John Wall. Um, as we know, John Wall not playing for the Rockets. Um, he was uh, he was at um, 
a uh, at the Celtics Rockets game. He there was a video that was aired in Boston of him working out pregame. Looks to be in pretty good shape physically. He was going pretty oh. hard through a pregame workout, but did not play in the game. And then Chris Mannix. Um, of uh, SI tweeted something to the extent of it's just kind of wild that Wall's healthy but not playing clearly looks like he could play um, you know where does this situation go and Wall replied to that tweet with just did not dress um, as his reply and then a fan said this is crazy you're being punished for something you can't control and Wall quote tweeted that with facts mm-hmm. um, and I think the some emojis or something like that if i remember correctly so now there's the truth lies somewhere in the middle john wall certainly could could control this he could say hey i'll take a massive buyout by no means am i suggesting john wall should do that i don't think he should he's owed the money Mm -hmm. on the contract he signed the rockets acquired him knowing what the deal was but it just leads further i've been saying what for months now since we found out wall wasn't going to be part of the plans this year is Let's see what happens post-trade deadline if he's not traded. Does this turn into a Blake Griffin situation of, all right, I want to play. Like, well, what do right. we have to do? Where do we need to get money-wise? You know, how much do I have to give back? And a point I made to some friends today is uh, basketball players play basketball, and there's only a limited amount of time that they can yep. do that. Uh, once once that that is passed, that's it. You, you can no longer play. You're no longer, uh, you know, a, a basketball player. And John Wall is now uh, 31 years old. Clock's so ticking. you got to start to be thinking, yeah, how many more years of feeling kind of good, being in pretty good shape that does he have left? Um, there we we talked. Uh, I want to say it was at the end of last week about a report maybe linking him to the Heat, you know, on the buyout market. So. So we'll, we'll see you know, where, where that goes. Nothing imminent there, but just that raised my eyebrows a little to say, all right, if he's really kind of now replying to tweets and things with uh, his unhappiness, we, we may see this uh, you know, rectify because no one's going to no, trade. No, no. no, no one's going to take on. But interesting, that's interesting because we had heard before that, you know, John Wall was uh, was on board with this plan. And then this that tweet suggests that maybe. Maybe he might not be. And that and that could lead you to a buyout situation. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. We did finally get, Keith, we joked about it on yesterday's show, that as soon as we stopped recording, it was probably going to come out, <laughs> uh, the information on LeBron. And it was, it, and it was, it was hours, hours later. later so. LeBron and, uh, and Isaiah Stewart's suspensions. It actually took, it, they waited until I left and I was away from, I was away from anything. I was 45 minutes away from my studio, so I couldn't record anything instantly on it. Of course, thank you so much, NBA. But LeBron James suspended for one game. He'll miss tonight against the Knicks. Isaiah Stewart suspended for two games. That was about what you were thinking it was going to be, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's exactly what I thought it would be. I, I thought that, that uh, they, they would each get one for kind of the what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, then Stewart would get an additional one just for the, you know, the, the way he acted, uh, as Dwayne Casey said, uh, didn't leave the court in a timely manner. And clearly the NBA, uh, disagreed that it is not a, uh, <laughs> was not a small no. thing, um, there. So yeah, it, it makes sense to me. Um, the bummer is Lakers next yeah. tonight. That's the game LeBron James misses, but can we now stop with all of this stuff of, you know, well, the NBA, you know, does this and that and LeBron will appeal it and all that. 
it's not yeah they're gonna do everything they can They'll suspend him after and all those kind of things it's not a thing it's never really been a thing um there was a game several years ago probably going close to 20 years ago now i forget who it was but a player was suspended for a christmas day game um after an altercation uh a couple days out on that so you know uh, that's the only bummer is you know just somebody you know maybe flipping around games tonight I would have rather have seen uh, the Lakers at full strength in New York and see where it goes. But and they it might is not have is. Anthony Davis either, who has been reported as as sick with a non-COVID illness, and uh, he's now questionable. So I've got uh, Lakers media availability in about twenty-five minutes, and so we'll see what Frank Vogel has to say on that one. Uh, last thing, guy you know fairly well, Semi Ojale, uh, dealing with an injury now. Uh, what I I'm forgetting. I'm spacing. He was out what three? Like calf no, injury. I mean three weeks with the calf injury. Was that what, what it was reported? Yeah, they're saying three weeks. He yeah, about three weeks, at least three weeks. He was out. Um, he missed all of preseason, and then missed a chunk of the um early season. I think it was the first four games, and now he's out. He something was clearly not right when I've seen him play. Um, he's he's just not moving right. And and that's tough for the Bucs because the Bucs were hoping that he could give them some replication of what they got from PJ right. Tucker. Clearly he's not PJ Tucker, but just another guy who could, uh, could do some, um, you know, do, do some defending, uh, hit some corner threes, those kind of things. He's not, his defense hasn't been there cause he's really been struggling and his, uh, shooting has been awful. I think he's at 25%, uh, overall from the field right now. So just, you know, hopefully get him the time off he needs, let him get right and go from there. But, but yeah, yeah, that Milwaukee's thinner yeah. than I think people realize. Uh, and rotation players that they're getting guys back now and and uh sounds like positive news on the brooke lopez front that he'll be back uh soonish here but but they their depth is it's tough especially in the front court it's pretty much Giannis, portis and uh, uh brooke lopez and not a whole heck of a lot else now Giannis is a pretty good place to start for him. I think uh, anybody would start there, but that's that's just uh, you know just something they're gonna have to work through, and they have very limited options to to add to the team too. They just don't have tradable salaries. They, they're they're kind of what they are at yeah. this point. Yep, and so they're gonna hope that uh, people get healthy sooner rather than later, and then go from there. All right. I think that gets us through quite a bit of news, even some news that we didn't intend to to get into today. But I thought we covered some, some good stuff here. I appreciate everybody who's uh, been joining us on a, on a daily basis. Thank you guys, all of you who are subscribing right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel, especially those of you that have turned on notifications. So important, and we really appreciate it when you do that. And uh, make sure you do follow Keith over on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane. Keith, back at it tomorrow. Back at it tomorrow, and then then we're going to take Thanksgiving yep. off because that's a day we should be spending with our family and friends. So you can catch up on old episodes when you're hiding out from your family and uh, you know looking for something to do. And if, when you when you're hiding, that my, my trick used to be go and hide. I got to go to the bathroom, and then you hide in there for a while <laughs> and just you know hang out. And smartphones have made that trick a lot easier. Let me tell you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Tips on how to hide from your family from Keith Smith. <laughs> and watch watch out for wildlife with your dogs yes. too apparently and domesticated animals apparently as well absolutely absolutely <laughs> all right everybody thanks so much we'll see you tomorrow